Welcome to the Sober Yoga Girl podcast with Alex McRobbs, international yoga teacher and sober coach. I broke up with booze for good in 2019, and now I'm here to help others do the same. You're not alone, and a sober life can be fun and fulfilling. Let me show you how. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Sober Yoga Girl. I am super excited to have Megan McKinnon with me here today. And Megan is a student at Life Purpose Institute, which is where I did my life coach certification two years ago. And so she is now in the same process. And she is also three years sober. So hi, Megan. How are you? Hello. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm so happy you're here. And it's so nice to finally meet you. Yeah, absolutely. I know during COVID, we've been able to kind of like connect over Facebook and just the LPI little community page. And yeah, it's been awesome. It's so amazing. So tell me a bit about um, yourself before we get started. You know, where do you live? Who are you? And kind of what your what are your interests? Yeah, absolutely. So um, right now, I currently live in San Francisco. Um, I've been here since 2016, moved um, to the city shortly after graduating from college. I'm 28 years old and originally from Sacramento. Um, and yeah, professionally, I'm a graphic designer and kind of like production designer. Right now, I'm working for just a retail company in the Bay Area. And outside of that is kind of more of my, um, you know, normal life or whatnot. I, you know, just enjoy, you know, such like an active like lifestyle, doing things outside, you know, love to go like snowboarding and you know, just like hanging with friends, you know, pretty like standard, nothing too, nothing too crazy. But yeah, I think just, you know, taking full advantage of living in the Bay Area and all that comes with that. And amazing. You're 28. I just turned 29 a few months ago. Are you 1992 or 1993? I'm 93. Oh, 93. 93. Okay, cool. Awesome. So tell me a bit about your relationship with drinking. So when did you start drinking and what influenced your drinking habits? Yes. So I started drinking when I was 16 or 17. I still remember like the moment I decided to like drink for the first time. And I will say that there are alcoholism um, is on both sides of my family. And it's been something that like my mom had kind of like warned me about, but you know, being a teenager, you don't really understand how that really is going to influence your drinking. But I do have my grandfather, he's been sober for X amount of years. And so I knew that it was kind of like in the genes. When I started drinking, you know, it was pretty, it was fun. Like I was like super involved in school, had always like played sports and it really wasn't something that like I felt I was like missing out on yet. It was just kind of like, you know, a junior year in high school and just decided to, you know, drink at a house party. Um, you know, it was like pretty calm in the beginning in the sense of just, you know, high school drinking and just like what that looks like. Um, but I can definitely see like once I got to college, like those consequences started happening and looking back on it, just like my whole relationship and perspective and mindset around drugs and alcohol has never been you know, considered normal, um, which I can like, go into detail there, but just kind of, if you want me to elaborate on any of that or yeah, just kind of go from there. Yeah. Tell me about that. Like, what do you mean? What made your drinking not normal? So I always, I have no moderation when I drink and looking at it now, I can just like totally see that I don't have that like off switch that I think some people are able to do. 
And that can be really scary. And for me, it's like the minute that I decide to start drinking or start smoking weed or doing like any type of drug, I'm not going to stop until I'm either like blacked out or I've passed out. And it's just into this like phase of like oblivion. And I can just like totally like remember in high school, um, I like never wanted to drink beer. I always wanted to just go like straight to the hard alcohol because I just knew that that was going to get me drunk faster and you know, I never drank just to, for the taste. I always drank for like the effect and it's still something now that I, you know, I'll notice in my friends of them just being able to enjoy a glass of wine or enjoy one beer and be able to just like cut it off. And I just think to myself, I never drank that way. Like I was always drinking to get drunk. Like, isn't that like the whole point, you know, just different behaviors in the sense of this whole idea of moderation. You know, I could be at a girlfriend's house having dinner, or I could be at Thanksgiving or a football game. And like the level of how drunk I'm going to get is always going to be the same. Like there's no, there's no chill at all. And just like being able to look back on that. I have no control over like what happens to me when I put any sort of substance into my body. And that can get really scary. It's the reason why I had to make that decision to stop because, you know, towards the end, just finding myself in these situations that were extremely dangerous and scary and alone. And that girl that I used to be in high school or middle school or growing up, she had completely like, she was gone. Um, And it was just, yeah, it was really scary. And I can so relate to um, honestly what you're talking about. I did a post recently where I was posting about, I was talking about violence against women and how much safer I feel in Abu Dhabi. And then I had this really interesting epiphany after I made the post. I was like, okay, yeah, Abu Dhabi is known as one of the safest cities in the world. So that is one aspect of it, but also I'm sober. The way I move through the world and the way I experience the world is so different than when I was drunk. Because when I was drunk, I was putting myself, just as you described, in these dangerous situations. And I'm just so fortunate that you know, nothing really, really terrible happened to me. But, you know, when you're out of control and you're, you're unaware of your surroundings, you just end up in more vulnerable places. Oh, absolutely. And you're in places and situations that sober self, like your true natural self would never put yourself in those scenarios. You know, I was, when I was living in San Francisco, that's really like when like my drinking escalated and, you know, it's like, I'm no longer in my college town where I'm familiar with the surroundings or it's safe to, you know, be blacked out and stumble home. you know, it's like, now I'm in a big city and I was finding myself coming out of blackouts, driving my car or waking up in, right. It's horrible. And I'd go out the next morning, you know, I'd have these flashbacks of remembering of coming to behind the wheel on like a busy street in the city blackout again. And I would come to the next morning and I'd have that image in my head and I'd have to go out and check my car to make sure I didn't hit anyone that I didn't, you know, that there wasn't damage to my car. You know, there were scenarios when I would wake up in different towns. Like one time I woke up in Pacifica and didn't have my phone or wallet. And I'm just internally grateful that nothing seriously happened. You know, it's something I don't take lightly because I hear situations and stories of people who it doesn't always work out and like something life-changing really does have to take place. And I just don't take for granted all the times that like something was out there just kind of like protecting me in a way. And I feel like that's why 
sobriety and talking about recovery is, you know, it's so important to me. It's because I don't want to, I want to help as many people as I can, like not feel alone, especially women and people that get sober when they're younger to not feel like so, you know, the alone thing, but also be so like hard on themselves because it can be such a, it's a lot to deal with if you don't have like a community around you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I completely agree. How did your drinking escalate over time? Yeah, I mean, I totally can see how this is a progressive disease. And, you know, there's like the saying that like, it's fun, it's fun with problems, and then it's just problems. And that's definitely like kind of like sums up what kind of happened to me. And, you know, over the, the course of college, I can already see like I went to the hospital one, one time um, because of my drinking. And my college graduation was a complete disaster. And I can just like look back and see all these like pivotal moments that should have been like the writing on the wall. But for me, it's just, it was like, well, that was just a bad, bad night. That was just like, I feel horrible. Like I'll, I apologize. Like I'll never do that again. And then just over like the course of situations happening and just like the progressiveness, like I couldn't, it wasn't like fun anymore you know, it just became this thing in my life where like every time I went out and drank, something happened. And I think I was like fighting for so long to just have a normal night. Like I just wanted to go out with my friends to not black out, to just like keep it together. And I was in that cycle for so long thinking that like, I just had to find the perfect combination. I just had to like find the perfect dinner to eat before going out so that I wouldn't black out or I needed to find the right alcohol or I needed to mix this with that. Like I'll do like a little, I'll smoke before and then I'll just drink beer tonight. And then like, I was looking for this like perfect formula to just have a normal night out with my friends. And I never, I never found that it just resulted in me having like worse blackouts, more of that isolation. And quite frankly, people were just getting really tired of going out with me of the apologies of just having to dealing with me when I choose to drink. And um, it wasn't funny anymore. Like in college, it was funny. Like everyone's blacking out. Everyone's, you know, having those crazy nights. Like I used to love the stories the next morning. And at the end of it, no one's laughing. I'm not laughing. I'm really confused on what's going on. And, you know, unfortunately it got to a place with my friends and family where they're like, we don't, really want you in our lives right now if this is how you're going to choose to behave and that was a really hard place in my life because people kept asking me why do you keep getting this way why after what happened last weekend how could you have blacked out again I had no answers for anyone I'm like I wish I knew what was going on like I wish I knew how to change this or to not, you know, ruin your evening. I've mentally, physically, emotionally, whatever it is, I have no control or clue over what is happening. And like that progressiveness, just, I was in this place of just not knowing what to do anymore. And I just like had this envision of myself of being in my thirties or being like later in life and still blacking out because I was just like, I started to just accept that this is how I drank. And I started to accept that just like, I'm done trying because nothing's working. So I guess this is just how life's going to be. And that was really, really hard to just envision that like, this is, this was it, you know? Yeah. 
And so tell me about your journey getting sober. Like, what was that like? Yeah, so sobriety was not my first idea. You know, like I said, I was trying to find every formula to make drinking and doing drugs work. And not doing any of that was, that was crazy talk. Like, I'm at least going to always be smoking weed. Like, come on, like, it's just, you know, getting high. And my decision to get sober came after just like all those attempts, like I mentioned, like being in that cycle for a really long time of, I'll try this, I'll try that, I'll, you know, all those like rules and all these ideas that we have. And sobriety was kind of like that last option. And it had gotten to a place where I couldn't really hide anymore from people, like what was going on. Um, I don't think people really knew actually how much I was struggling with this. And I was like keeping this to myself. I would like look myself in the mirror before going out with friends. And I would say like, just keep it together tonight. Let's just, you know, don't, let's just like have a good night. Like, come on, like you got this, like almost trying to like pet myself up. And then I would go out, I start drinking, I black out and it's just that wholeness. And um, I would just, and I wasn't letting people know how much I was trying to, you know, just like get better, I guess. And sobriety for me, it happened. Okay. I have kind of like a a little story if you want me to tell you. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So fortunately, unfortunately, I look at it as a gift. My parents were part of my bottom. There was one night when I was in San Francisco and there were these two guys that were visiting from the Netherlands and it was their last night. I was like, oh my gosh, like, let's go out. Let's go have some drinks. Let's go have fun. And the last thing I remember is being with them in their RV that they had rented. And it was over by one of um, the, the Marina district in the city. And the last, that's the last thing that I remember. And I come, I wake up the next morning and to my mom calling me <clears throat> and she's saying, I was still drunk that when I woke up and she's saying, are you not going to work this morning? Do you remember what happened last night? And I'm, you know, really confused. And she informs me that my dad had driven down from, um, from Sacramento into the city last night to come get me because I had passed out with these guys. I was like basically unconscious. Um, they tapped into my cell phone and called my parents at about um, one in the morning and let them know that we have your daughter. She's unconscious. We're not even from here. We don't know what to do. And my dad gets in the car and he comes and he's able to find them and he finds me and my mom's telling me all this and I have no idea what she's talking about. And I lost it just to think that like one, I was even in that situation. That situation was nothing new to me. I've been in that type of thing before, but the fact that my parents had to be involved in that, I mean, I'm so lucky for those two guys. Like, it's actually kind of crazy. Like, I'm friends with one of them on Facebook, and, like, he and I are still in touch, and I share with him that I'm sober. And it's just, like, amazing that, um, like, nothing happened. But, you know, after that, I, you know, and that was the point where my, my parents were like, this is completely out of control. You're going to rehab, all this stuff. My solution to that whole situation was like, okay, I'm not drinking. Obviously I need to stop drinking, but just to backpedal a little bit before, cause that, that night changed my life. I am just like, so internally grateful that like my dad 
cared enough just to like come down and my relationship with my parents today is amazing. It's so awesome. Like I couldn't picture a better relationship to have with the two of them. And like, those are like the living amends that I get to make because I'm sober. Cause I never w- ever want to put them in that like fear or just in that like scenario. But like, that's how I drink. Like, that's what happens. Like, this is such I, my drinking affects so many different people just besides myself. And, you know, I stopped drinking for about a month and I thought that I was healed after that. You know, it's like that's crazy thinking of like, well, nothing bad's happened. I guess I'm good to start drinking again. And I was done with hard alcohol. Um, so I was only going to be drinking beer. That was my plan. Um, and I went out with two of my friends from high school in the city. I start drinking again. Um, we did some other stuff as well. And I got completely blacked out and came to sitting around a table with them and them looking at me and just going like, what the hell? What? How did you get like this again after what had just happened with your parents? You have an issue, you know, you have a problem with drinking and you're not going to remember this conversation and you need like serious help. And I will never forget like the two, like the looks on both of their faces of just being completely done. And I had no answer for them. I, you know, I say like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, I swear I remember what we're talking about right now. And they just go, we're done. Like you need to get help. And that next day I caught, like looked up, you know, how did, you know, something related to like getting help around drinking and there, a number popped up and it was a number for a clubhouse for um, a recovery program, the 12 step program, AA um, in the city. And I called that number and they informed me of a women's meeting the next day. And so I walked to that meeting completely crying and I've never left AA since that day. That was back in 2016. And that's really kind of when my recovery and my sobriety started and like, it hasn't looked perfect by like any means, but you know, it had to get to that point of a bottom to really want to change something. You know, I couldn't keep hiding this. You know, I was at a point of just, I was out of answers for myself, for everyone. Yeah. And had to do something about it finally and ask for help. I could not ask for help before. And that's what really continues to be the answer for me is bringing people in on like what's going on and being honest. And I remember like, the first time, like I told my mom that I thought, like, I think I'm going to Alcoholics Anonymous. Like, I'm really scared to even like admit that. And she was so supportive, but like, I started letting people in and letting them know that I wanted to get better um, and do something different than what I'd been doing. Cause what I was doing was clearly <laughs> not working and I wasn't going anywhere with my life. Wow. Well, congratulations. Sorry, that was kind of a long, a long answer. No, it was honestly, it was moving. I had tears in my eyes. I honestly have tears picturing. It just made me think of like, you know, these two guys that were so like, did such a good thing by calling your parents. And you think of, you know, it's like the people that you can end up with and the horrible things that could happen when you're out of consciousness. And like, just like you said at the beginning, it's like you have something protecting you and, um, mm-hmm. And, you know, here you are now and, and now you're coming on, well, three, five-ish years sober. <laughs> and that's huge. So congratulations. It's an inspiring story. Yes. yes. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been, it was not the plan at all. And um, yeah, I mean, I was 23 years old when I stopped drinking and 
was 25 when I got sober from, you know, all drugs. And it's just been nothing that I ever imagined. But I'm just, I'm so glad I got it when I did. I'm so glad that I stopped drinking, especially when I did, because I truly don't know what would have happened. Like, I don't know if you can like relate to this, but I just like had this feeling that something, I, my luck was running out, honestly, like there were countless times when it just the situation could have gone way more south than it did. Like it was, it was bad already, but it could have resulted in me, you know, not making it or being kidnapped. I don't know, like so many different like scenarios. And there was this feeling that I had of just, okay, this is, it might sound like really, really weird, but like, I just felt like I kind of had this like guardian angel kind of like carrying me along And I was almost like using up all of my lucky chances. And it was this feeling that like, I was really afraid to see what would happen if I kept going down the path that I was, because I just, I think some, I, yeah, it was just, I'm so grateful. I stopped when I did is what I'm trying to say. And, you know, I had, I would have people come up to me and be like, Oh my God, you're so young. You're so lucky that you got this. And I'm like, lucky I'm 23 years old and I'm not drinking. Like, I don't really think I'm lucky right now. I want to keep partying. And what does the life without alcohol look like? I don't know anyone that's sober. My friends certainly aren't sober, but they're also, they also can drink and use normally, but I did not see it as a gift at first. I was glad that I could, I stopped. I honestly wanted to stop blacking out. I thought that was my 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 problem. I was just I wanted to stop blacking out and that was as far as my mind could go at that time. And oh my gosh, so much more has been addressed as far as just like different, you know, it's like a sliver of what's happened. Like not blacking out is a sliver of like the change and also the areas of growth that I've um been able to like experience and work on. And yeah, I'm just, I'm now I'm internally grateful to be sober in my twenties and just um, honestly, like, feel like I have like the rest of my life ahead of me. I did not feel that way before, you know, my mom gave me this necklace once for Christmas and it said, um, everything is possible because I'm alive. And like, when I opened that, I just like burst into tears and had this like overwhelming feeling of just yeah, I, everything is possible now and nothing is possible. Like if I'm drinking and using, you know, the way I drink and use, it comes before everything. And I don't even want it to come before everything, but it does. I have no control over not doing it before everything that I do. And it's like that compulsion. That's like really scary. And to be in active addiction and drinking, our worlds are so small. It's so revolved around that next drunk, that next high, like, relationships, goals, ambitions, hobbies, all of that gets like pushed to the side. At least it did for me. And I wanted to make both work. I think that's what I tried for so long. It's like, I want to drink and use normally or at this like level. And I also want to like have great relationships with people. I also like want to, you know, do all these fun travel and run a marathon and all these things. And I can't, I cannot do both. They can't exist together. And I'm fully in acceptance of that today. I love that because I'm alive. Anything is possible. It's so beautiful. What a nice uh, thing to keep, keep close. Totally. Yeah. So what was the hardest part for you about achieving sobriety? 
I think the, you know, the first thing that comes to mind on the hardest part was just, obviously there's like a lot of fear, but I think mainly it was just accepting that that's, I don't, I, I don't have drug, drugs and alcohol aren't in my life anymore. So just going through life sober, even though this is like, what's crazy. It's like, even though those things aren't working, why are we so afraid to like give them up? It's not like I was having a good time, you know? And that's what, you know, my mind, you know, I call it like my disease or whatever. That's what's so crazy to me is it makes me feel like the party's over. Oh my gosh. Like no more drugs and alcohol. And it's like the party was over a long time ago. So I don't know why I feel like I'm like missing out. I'm going to be missing out on all this fun because it wasn't fun, you know? And um, I think the hardest part was just like, adapting to this, you know, new way of living and not having those tools to run back to. And for me, I can just like see that I, if I'm uncomfortable, if I'm afraid, if I like am exhausted, if I'm tired, if I'm having a good day or whatever, like my, my mind will immediately want to go like check out or I want to enhance this like experience. And I think that was like the hardest thing of just like sitting through uncomfortable feelings, sitting through, you know, so much stuff comes up when we get sober, you know, things that I had just like pushed down and wanted to like forget about whether that be how I treated people, situations I put myself in, how I treated my body, all of this starts coming up. And um, like I mentioned, I am part of um, a 12 step community. And so like through working the steps, you know, I had to look at some stuff that I, quite frankly, just wanted to act like didn't happen. And that was like the hardest thing to kind of like revisit some of those situations and just kind of like walk through it. But I had to go through that process in order to kind of like forgive myself, forgive that person I used to be because I truly am a different person when I'm drinking and using. And I really had to come to peace that like, that's what happens to me. There there was a point in my life where like, that was the person I was, but I'm not that person at all anymore, like at all. And so just learning how to go through life sober, like, isn't easy. And especially living in a culture where drinking and using is so like normalized or, you know, it's so, especially in San Francisco, I mean, people will drink for just to go do their laundry or, you know, you're just like bored and you want to like fill that time by drinking or getting high. And so just like learning how to be comfortable with this new way of kind of existing in the world still sometimes is challenging. Like just because I've been sober for like three years doesn't mean that I never want to use or I ever like want to pick up a drink, you know? And I used to think that like, Oh, once I get a certain amount of time or um, I shouldn't, like, I will never get cravings again or life will just be easy. That was like such like a thought I had when I was new. It's like, oh, now that I'm not drinking anymore, life, like, life will just be perfect. And it's just so funny because it most certainly is not. But I learned how to go through situations today by not drinking over it or numbing out or stuffing old behaviors on top of things. And I just like really learn how to walk through it with grace and with a lot of help and um, as a sober woman. And it's like really empowering to live that type of life today. Mm-hmm. Empowering. It's a beautiful way. To, yeah. It's a beautiful word to describe it. So mm-hmm. on the note of empowering, what are the best parts of being sober? 
Oh my gosh. I was like looking at this question. I was like, I have so much to say about this and I might have like a couple answers, but Go for it. I think the first thing that's coming to mind is I am so grateful that like my experience in life at, you know, at a concert, at a friend's birthday on a sunny day is not, my experience is not dependent on a substance and that freedom that comes from that. I, it's something that I didn't expect to get, but I used to think that I had to be drunk or high to have fun at anything and always thought that like drugs and alcohol had to be part of the picture. And it is for some people. That's great. But like, for me, like I, like, obviously, like I've described, I can't do those things normally. Right. Um, and I'm so grateful now that I can go to concerts, hang with friends, go to the beach. And I get to just like be there. And like, my mind isn't, I need to get high for this. I need to make sure I have like X amount of drinks for this. And I don't know, like, I'm so grateful now. Like one of like the best parts is like, I was a huge blackout drinker and even just like having memories, like it sounds so simple, but just being able to remember my weekends and just to like have fun. And, you know, one of the best parts of like recovery for me is having these like authentic experiences and just being able to just feel you know, like there's like this natural euphoria that I get to experience now that I never thought would be tapped into without something influencing that, without putting something into my body. And it just feels like kind of like badass to me when I get to experience this feeling within myself of like pure joy of like, like so much fun and freedom. And I get to just like feel like myself and, um, I'm like, wow, like, I'm so grateful that I'm giving myself like this experience right now. And I'll feel that through like dancing, you know, I'll go to shows with my friends or we'll go out dancing in the city and just having a blast. And I just like never thought that that would have been possible. You know, two of my best friends have gotten married recently and, you know, to go to weddings and (laughs) to those for sure would have been situations when I would have like taken it way over the edge. And the best parts about like sobriety, it's like, I can go to these events now and I get to fully like be there and actually like feel the love that like everyone, you know, is experiencing and not owe amends the next morning or, you know, I'm out on the dance floor and being like so silly and I'm not blacking out or I'm not ruining this person's like huge day And just to, you know, not carry any of that anymore, because I, quite frankly, if I would have kept drinking, there's a really high chance I wouldn't be as involved in my friends' lives as I am today. I don't, people didn't want me around. And the best parts about like sobriety is people actually want me there. And I have to just like give like a huge, like shout out to my, my girlfriends, because I mean, they're just like always so supportive and amazing and I just like feel like so fortunate just to kind of have that um, that support system from them and to never feel weird for being sober, you know, and people, I don't know, people like rely on me today. They come to me and they talk to me about their problems. It's just, I can show up for my life. And I was just not able to do that before. And I mean, like I could go on and on about like the best <laughs> parts of like sobriety, yeah. but um, I mean, there's so many that so many joys that come with it. And I don't know, I almost, it's, it's almost like there's almost so much I can't fully articulate, you know? Yeah. 
how meaningful it is to me. But I mean, I think the, the best way to sum it up is um, I just have choices now. Like I, I have a life that I get to kind of like create for myself. There's no choices when I'm drinking. And I don't know, I just, I get so excited thinking about the future of like, what's next? What's next? Like, where am I going to live? Like, you know, all these opportunities that could potentially come there and like sobriety allows all that to happen. Drinking keeps me isolated in my room, shut out from the world. Yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful answer. So tell me about, so Megan is doing her life coach certification. And I actually did the same program uh, two summers ago in August of 2019. Um, and that's actually how we got connected through the Life Purpose Institute Facebook page. Um, I just kind of reached out and said, you know, is anyone else sober who'd be interested in connecting? And, and here we are. Um, so I'm wondering, like, what inspired you to become a life coach? Yeah. So I had always, so I work a corporate job right now. Mm -hmm. I've done that since I've been in the corporate world since graduating, which has been good experience, but I've just always have felt this especially happened when I um, started to get sober, but I just kind of felt like I'm not as fulfilled as I feel like I should be with work that I'm doing. And you know, I kind of toyed with this idea of oh, maybe I want to become a therapist. Like I have just kind of like fallen in over the years of being in recovery. I've just fallen in love with this whole process of just like waking up to your potential, waking up to this like life that you just like didn't ever think was going to be like possible for yourself. And, you know, looking back at like 23 year old me when I was like in that bottom and I was saying like blacking out in this type of drinking is just what my future is going to look like. Like, my ideas were so small and over the course of recovery, obviously like life has expanded in such like a beautiful way. I want other people just to realize that they can like wake up as well. And, you know, for me, I just feel grateful, you know, being in like a recovery community, I've been introduced to all these like tools and ways of like handling like situations, not just like around drinking and, and using, but just even like relationships feeling like stuck somewhere, you know, all these fears and having, you know, a way to work around that. And I've almost been like, I want to help people that aren't just in recovery because, you know, in the 12 step, it's just like, you know, help the other person that's struggling with, you know, drinking and using. And um, I definitely and make sure that I'm always like practicing that. But I was realizing like, I'm talking to like my, we call them like normies. Like I was talking to my like normie friends who are going through stuff and they didn't really know what to do. And I felt like I was incorporating what I've learned in recovery, just helping them. And it just has made me think like, I want to like help people who don't know what to do with this type of situation and people that feel like they're stuck or just like normal human things, honestly, (laughs) normal human things that like we all deal with, but like don't necessarily like know what to do with that you know, I decided to check out, you know, life coaching. I, you know, dabbled with, do I want to become like a therapist? Like, I just like felt this calling to like help people in this type of work. And I thought, you know, do I want to go back to school and like look at therapy? But um, I don't know if that's kind of like the direction. And then life coaching just kind of came into play. And I was like, that, that type of work sounds exactly like the level that I, uh, you know, the level that I kind of want to educate myself around and kind of like get into. It sounds really fun. 
And during, you know, this past like year and a half, I just kind of started like looking up different programs. And, you know, it's like that thought that, you know, comes like, oh, you could never do that. Like, no, like you want to become a life coach. That's silly. You know, that's, you know, people are, you know, what are people going to think if you do this? And I kind of just had to shut that down and just like go for it. And I found um, the Life Purpose Institute and started that, just decided to, you know, you know, go forth with it and see what happens. And so I started my training in, I think it was like end of March. I'll be done in September. That's amazing. And I'm still scared because I'm like learning all this, like as I go along, but I'm really, really excited that I just decided to do something about a dream, like a dream that I had. And again, like total, I would never be doing this if I was still, (laughs) and if I was still drinking, there's no way in hell that I would be able to even go forth with this idea, show up every day or show up, not every day, show up every week for class. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. no way that I would have been available at all to take something like this on. And I'm, again, it's, it's just another reason of, you know, why I love being sober. Like it's such a gift to, you know, yeah. take a chance like this. And even like believing in yourself. Like I think while I was still drinking, I was so low. Um, and I felt I was in such like a negative headspace. I felt so crap about myself that I would never think that I could like coach others. And I was actually only like 90 days sober when I did my life coach certification. It was incredible. It was like light and day of like, I'm stepping into this. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how, how recovery just empowers you empowering. That's the word you said. And yeah, no, it totally does. And um, yeah, so I'm just super stoked just to kind of see where like this life coaching thing kind of comes, you know, I don't know if it's going to be a full-time thing or a part-time. I really have no idea, but I try not to like future trip around the details of that yet and just kind of remember like, okay, let's just finish the training and then we'll see where we can maybe start yeah. incorporating this a little bit, but it's fun. It's amazing. Um, so if any of my listeners want to find you, where can they find you on uh, social media or internet or whatever? Yeah. So right now I'm just on Facebook and Instagram. It's pretty much just like my personal profiles right now. But once, like I said, once my certification's over, I do plan on kind of starting my own life coaching business and I'll be creating just all of like the marketing Amazing. around that as well. So none of that is established quite yet, but I can always um, maybe like provide that to you later. And that can be like added to like the show notes once I kind of have stuff um, kind of all Amazing. set up. But Perfect. Yeah. That's and so also I just, like totally. And I just like to put it out there. If anyone is ever struggling with um, drinking or using, they can always reach out to me. I love talking about like recovery. I love connecting with other people that are sober and just having the conversation around it. Um, again, like I didn't have anyone I could turn to when I was in my bottom to talk about what was going on and to not feel like I was going to be judged or that they were going to be mad at me. And so I always just love to put, open up that door to anyone that feels like they just want to talk. I'm always here to, you know, be a resource. Oh, it's amazing. Well, that kind of leads into the last question I want to ask you, um, which is if you had any advice or any wisdom to give to someone who wants to begin a sober journey, someone who's just starting out, what would you say? I would tell them, be really gentle on yourself. And it's okay to be really emotional and scared. And we were all in that first week period. Mm -hmm. We were all in the first month. We were all in the first Mm -hmm. year. 
and to just try and be really like gentle and loving towards yourself because you're doing something that is like so part of my language, so fucking brave and courageous. Yeah. Don't put this like extra pressure on yourself and really just try and um, be as loving and kind to, you know, the person that you're you know, trying to become. Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> be gentle and loving and kind. It's beautiful. Yes. <laughs> Well, Megan, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. I really appreciate it. It was so amazing to uh, talk and connect and hear your inspiring story. And I have no doubt that once you step into the coaching, um, you're going to do amazing things and impact and touch lots of people's lives. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah, this was so fun. And um, yeah, I can't, I'm so glad you and I have connected and I'm glad that you and I can now kind of, you know, be friends and, you know, chat about recovery, chat about, you know, life coaching and, yeah, it's great. Perfect. All right. Well, have a great day, Megan. I'll see you soon. Thank you. You too. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Sober Yoga Girl with Alex McRobbs. I am so, so grateful for every one of you. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next one and leave a review before you go. See you soon. Bye.